Feeling imperfect, insecure, or inadequate? How do you show kindness, self-acceptance, gratitude, and compassion towards yourself every day? Mental health is a journey, and Switch Research delivers expert guidance along the way. Their mission is to provide you with effective, easily accessible mental health resources to help you become a happier and more resilient you. Switch Research partners with psychologists, clinical therapists, researchers, psychiatrists, and more who have years of academic or clinical experience under their belt to provide evidence-based journals and digital work courses. I have been using the Self-Love Journal for the past few weeks and love how pointed it is, how affordable it is, and that it takes no more than 5-10 minutes out of my day to really get to the core of, of things. Transform negative thoughts into self-love. Use our code BeWellSys20 today at switchresearch.org to get 20% off of your purchase. Again, transform negative thoughts into self-love by using our code BeWellSys20 at switchresearch.org to get 20% off of your purchase. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. How does what you see on social media affect your sense of self and your mental health? Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Dunbar. As usual, I hope you're well and that you're, you know, viewing yourself from the lens of grace. Today's episode dives into social media, grind culture, and how those two affect how we perceive ourselves and even possibly our mental health. According to an article by a Harvard affiliate, social media has a reinforcing nature. Using it activates the brain's reward center by releasing dopamine, which is a feel-good hormone linked to pleasurable activities such as sex, food, and social interaction. The platforms are designed to be addictive and are associated with anxiety, depression, and even physical ailments. And according to the Pew Research Center, 69% of adults and 81% of teens in the U.S. use social media. This puts a large amount of the population at an increased risk of feeling anxious, depressed, or ill over their social media use. Think of a slot machine. If game players knew that they were never going to get money by playing the game, then they would never play. The idea of a potential future reward keeps the machines in use. The same goes for social media sites. One does not know how many likes a picture will get, who will like the picture, and when the picture will receive likes. The unknown outcome and the possibility of a desired outcome can keep users engaged in these sites. The article goes on to say that to boost self-esteem and a sense of belonging in their social circles, people use content with the hope of receiving positive feedback. Couple that with content with the structure of potential future reward, and you get a recipe for constantly checking the platforms. They then go on to say that a 2018 British study ties social media use to decreased, disrupted, or delayed sleep, which is associated with depression, memory loss, and poor academic performance. Social media use can affect users' physical health even more directly. Researchers know the connection between the mind and the gut can turn anxiety and depression into nausea, headaches, muscle tension, tremors, etc., etc., So I have linked the entire article down below for um, your reference. And I've also linked another article um, that I found really interesting. 
about the same topic. So on today's conversation, I chatted with Candace Jones. She is a content creator who has over 180 subscribers on YouTube and over 90,000 on Instagram. We talk about how being a content creator has affected her mental health and what led her to create her brand, which is called Everything She Is. Because she's a professional content creator, we talked about how social media can impact the relationship with yourself. We also touched on things such as letting go of shame, grind culture, and so much more. I really had a good time talking to her and the conversation was just so natural and I had a hard time narrowing or editing the conversation down to fit um, our time frame because that we just talked about so many different things. But thank you so, so much for joining. I am so glad you're here. Be well, sis. So today I have Candace Jones on with us. She is the founder and CEO of Everything She Is Co. So thank you for joining. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. It's Friday. I always feel really, really good on Fridays. I don't know, just like a extra dose of energy hits me. So I'm feeling really good and excited to Same. be here and to talk to you and I talk to the people. Same. I'm so happy to have you. It's been a, a minute. We've been going back and forth in the um, in the background trying to like meet each other and talk. So I'm happy mm-hmm. that you're here. And yes, I'm happy it's Friday. It's funny because I don't do anything different. Like especially it's winter time and we're still in the pandemic. Like I don't do anything different on Saturday on Sunday, but something about Friday just feels good. So yeah. It just feels different. It's just something in the air. Like yes. I just want to listen to music more. Like I just I feel happier. So same. Yep. I like my candles and yeah, it's a little bit of music and it's just yeah, yeah, more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um so like I said, you are the CEO and the founder of everything she is um co and you were saying that you launched it um at the height or the beginning of the pandemic so I kind of want to talk about what made you what inspires you to start this company and tell us a little bit more about it yes so I always say that I was my first customer so I was kind of the the um experiment basically so I created it out of just my own need for the brand and what the brand is about is basically just learning to accept your full self whatever that looks like and learning how to to figure out what that real self is so it's one thing to say oh love yourself accept yourself but what can I do to get closer to who I really am and to understand myself better and to then once I know who that is not only work to to improve on that person but to accept who that person is so I went through my own self-love journey and I think at the end of that at the end of that, I had to do my own investigation to figure out how to how to navigate. So I created the brand to help other girls and young women navigate their self-love journey. So mine was at the peak when I was in when I graduated college and I was lost and confused. I didn't know what to do. You know, people pulling me this way, people pulling me that way. And I didn't really know what my voice was telling me. And I did a lot of just like what you would think to do maybe pour a glass of wine bath all that kind of stuff it didn't work it didn't make me understand myself any better or understand what was going on with me so I just did a lot of research and I compiled a lot of exercises and things that I felt like would would help me investigate and like figure out what's going on I feel sad I don't know why I feel lost I don't know why so I created the brand around around that and the self-love workbook was our first product and that was the first product that I put out there and then I put into the world and then I'm like okay 
what's next. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm currently in that process of figuring out what's next and how we can kind of expand on it. But it was really just out of my own need for guidance and for, for help when it comes to like my self-love journey and what that looks like. I love that. I feel like the most impactful products and books and things that are created that actually come from a real place of the the creator needing it themselves, like they're the most impactful, right? Yes. Um, not just saying, well, what does the market need right now? No, no, no. It's like, what do I need right now? And I know I'm not mm-hmm. the only one because we we're all different, but we all have so many fundamental things in common, yeah. you know, like you're explaining how um, after college, you're trying to figure out what's next. I think so many of us do that, yes. but what we do is we just listen to whatever our parents say to do or our friends are doing and you just do that and end up sometimes miserable in the long run, right? Yeah. Um, then you look up like 10 years later and it's like, yep. <laughs> who chose this life for me? Because it, it wasn't me. Right, yes. right, yep. And, and um, it's so interesting that you um, launched it around the pandemic because I feel like we had that shared experience of, okay, so now we're indoors, we're by ourselves and we're like meeting ourselves, a lot of us for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, the baths don't work. Um, I mean, they're great temporarily, but that's not going to help you figure out who am I for real. Um, mm-hmm. Lighting the candles, it might be great, but like just, it's really good to have an exercise to do um, to get to know yourself um, again. So For I sure. appreciate that. And one thing that I like about your um, brand too is I'm very visual and I just love how it all looks. It's really bright, vibrant, and it's very much like about us. And yes. for me, that that makes a difference too. So I love no, that. No, it's, it's very intentional. <laughs> it, it is very intentional. I wanted... It's not only for Black women. I feel like women across the globe have shared experiences, but I wanted Black women to feel centered and to feel yeah. feel seen by the brand. Not only Black women, but young Black women too. That's why I wanted to make sure it was fun because a lot of the information, there's a lot of information out there, but it's not necessarily coming from a source that we trust. Yeah. So I wanted to be that trusted source of like, okay, they speak you know, my language and like, mm-hmm. it's fun, it feels good, but it also is that deeper word that you know that you have to really put time to and really like dedicate yourself to yep and and you said Mm -hmm. the word to work um it in my own self-discovery journey I didn't realize that it would be so much work and constant work um Mm -hmm. I like to compare it now to like a garden where you know you see the beautiful roses and the flowers they're blooming but like somebody has to be there you know cutting away what doesn't you know work or is not necessarily needed anymore in the garden watering it and tilling it and it's the same thing with us so even if somebody might go to um to therapy Therapy is great, but in between sessions, it's super important to still be doing that work, which is now mm-hmm. why now I've become a real big fan of notebooks and stuff, especially since I like to journal, but sometimes it's hard if you're out of practice to just sit there and write. So having mm-hmm. something to help guide you is super, super yeah. important, very helpful. Yeah, because sometimes you don't, like, I didn't know what kind of questions to ask. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. I just know I don't feel well. I know I don't feel whole. I know I feel like there's something missing. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel all of these heavy feelings. What questions to ask to really get to the bottom of it? So guided journals and things like the self-love workbook, it's to walk, you know, to walk people through and to make sure that the work that they're doing is the internal work and not necessarily the, the psychology of it all. And like the, 
like kind of formulating the questions and formulating this, it can kind of help you just tap into what's going on based on, you know, just guidance from, from those yeah. prompts or exercises. Yeah, definitely. Because if you're in a spot, at least for me, when I'm in a spot where I just may not be feeling my best mentally, it, I don't have the capacity or the energy to like sit and like organize my thoughts. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm like, you know, yes. let me just, let me walk away. Let me go take a nap or mm-hmm. something. So having something that gives me a prompt to help me focus it on that one question, and then maybe even go even deeper than what I even thought I was feeling or knew I was feeling um, mm-hmm. is super, super helpful. So I'm such a big advocate for people to use guided um, workbooks and stuff to start and throughout your your journey. So my question for you is, okay, so we hear self-love all the time, Mm -hmm. especially in the past few years, become like a key, like a buzzword, right? Um, How does somebody know if they actually don't have like real self-love? How can someone know if they don't have that that self-love? I think that's a good question because for me personally, it was just, it felt like a constant lack. It always felt like I didn't have enough. It always felt like I wasn't where I wanted to be. I was never satisfied. And it wasn't because of what was going on externally. It was because of what was going on internally. So if you, I guess, find yourself constantly, one, criticizing yourself, I think high levels of like negative self-talk or just for me, when I kept putting myself in, in, positions or predicaments that weren't serving me well and kind of compromising myself and um, allowing peer pressure to get to me. I think all of those things, it's not really one thing, but for everybody it's different. But when you look at, look at what your patterns are and when you look at those kind of things, it can kind of, it can kind of speak to a lack of self-love. It's the top of the year and many of us have recommitted to taking better care of our bodies. And if you're with me, let me enlist you in on the cheat code athletic greens. In order to ensure that I was giving my body the proper vitamins and nutrients, I used to take a handful of assortments of big old capsules. Child, I'm talking at least five to six separate pills each and every day. And if I was in a rush, I'd skip them all together because I didn't have the time. However, one tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 minerals, vitamins, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet, increase my energy and focus, aid with my digestion, and support a healthy immune system without the need to take multiple products or pills. I've made my routine so much simpler while ensuring that I give my body what it needs. So join me. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Yes, a free year supply of high quality vitamin D to help ward off the winter blues, upregulate your immune system, and so much more when you redeem your offer at athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis. Gotcha. So while you're talking, maybe think about how well, most of us are on social media, right? Mm -hmm. And we're seeing what other people are posting and like their accomplishments and, Mm -hmm. you know, and we feel, I think, and it's a normal feeling to feel like, oh, I'm just not doing enough. Right. Yes. Yes. And our culture tells us that we need to be grinding all day, every day. And that's how we're going to get ahead and all that good stuff. So 
two questions. So how do you see grind culture impacting our self-care and our self-love? I'll just start there. Okay. It's, it's so funny because I started as a, a YouTuber and I did a lot of natural hair tutorials and I started on social media, but the way that I speak about social media now, people would think like, she always hating on social media, but it's because it's really toxic and yeah. it's really, there's going to be studies. I'm, I promise you there's going to be studies in a few years about the, what it's doing to, to our mental and grind culture is something that has come out of that because if I'm not posting when I'm just not doing anything, I'm just laying on the couch or, you know, but I'm posting my accomplishments, like you said. So I think being able to stop and slow down and disconnect from that is very, very, very important. So I call it toxic productivity. People that just feel like if they stop doing anything for just one second, they're going to lose it all or yeah. they're going to fall behind and people are going to keep going past them. And you have to tune into yourself. And I think that's why self awareness and working on your self-love kind of it really goes into all of these areas because when you feel secure in yourself and you feel secure in your journey I feel like you give yourself that permission to rest and to disconnect but when you feel like you have to work you have to work yourself to the bone in order to be um, a productive member of society at work or you feel like um, in order to prove yourself worthy in any capacity that's when it becomes something that I feel like is problematic goals. I love, you know, setting my own goals, even at the beginning of the year, but I'm not a slave to my goals because I know that I know who I am. And I know that if I take a day of rest, it's not going to take anything from me. So I think there's a lot of, a lot to unpack there when it comes to grind culture, because it can tie into um, imposter syndrome and, you know, how people feel like they have to continue to show up and prove, improve, improve. And you get addicted to that too. Like when you, when you do reach it, it's like, okay, what's next? Yep. There's, it's never going to stop. It's never going to be a moment where you're going to be able to, to, to sit in your accomplishments because you're always looking towards what's next. Real. There's a word that, that describes that. Um, is it like destination syndrome or something where like you have all mm. these goals, you hit them and you just keep going. All right. So I don't even like get a chance to savor my accomplishment. I'm just trying to get to the next target. Um, yeah. and, and I think it's really important to one thing that I realized in myself is that I was looking at what the world deemed as successful. Yes. In order to be happy, I have to realize, let me redefine what success looks like for me, me. you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's not one size fits all. And what works for the next chick might be great, but it may necessarily feel good for me. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's really, really important um, in your journey to, to sit and to, as you get to know yourself, figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what, what life feels good for you and try to work towards that. Yeah. Um, and what, yeah. you, like you said, what you see is success because mm -hmm. sometimes you can be working towards something and it's just not even, it's not what you wanted in the first place. Yep. So defining what success is to you. And then, because that's another thing is just like certain things aren't seen as productive or seen as grinding, or it's like, you have to be, it has to be tied to money. So when you redefine what being productive looks like as a whole, I feel like that allows you to 
to change your perspective. Because if I see um, journaling as something that's productive, if I see, for me, I've had to allow myself to daydream and to sit and to just think and be in my thoughts. That's when I come up with my most creative ideas. That's when when I feel relaxed and and I allow that time. So then if I tell myself like daydreaming, oh, you're just wasting time. You could be doing something productive. Like, you know, you could be getting to it. Then I wouldn't allow myself that time. So I've, I've rewired that and I, I allow that for myself a lot as well as just regular resting for no reason, <laughs> because yeah. that's also, that's also, sorry, that's also important too. being able to show up as your best self requires you to pour back into yourself. So keeping that in mind, I think will also help people see that I am grinding. I'm just grinding in a different way. Like I'm, I'm sleeping so I can continue to push forth towards, you know, um, my journey and what, what God has for me. So Yes. So, so important. So beautifully said too. Um, One thing that I've come to realize is that life happens in seasons and it's okay. So some seasons um, I might not be as cool, as productive as others, but it's okay because I'm recharging. I'm trying to get the creative juices flowing or I'm spending time more time with my family or whatever it is. And it's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Where I, I think society has made us feel that we should be like robots and like machines, but we're people, we're souls who we can't go at a hundred every single day. We have to give ourselves that grace and that time to look into other things. You know, um, we're not just one, we're not one dimensional, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know. And and I feel like back in my early twenties, I was fixated on one thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I only saw myself as one thing. I wanted to get to medical school. Then from there, like be a physician and that's it. So like, all I saw was myself as one thing that I'm just like, no, no, no. I need to like, I'm a person and I need to have more than one interest, but yeah, it's important to be multi-dimensional, multifaceted. You could, it's important to have more than one interest, one hobby and, and give yourself time to explore all of those things. I think for me, that was part of my, um, like self-love journey and getting to know myself. Cause I felt like I spent so much time listening to what my, my parents told me that I should be um, spending so much time trying to, I guess, absorbing like my friends' personalities and their goals too, that I didn't know what I wanted for myself. And in learning to spend time with myself, I realized that no, um, I like different things and it's cool to like different mm-hmm. things. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's normal. It's a, it's a coming to when I say the journey to womanhood, I think that's what all that it entails that mm-hmm. learning at some point, you know, because you have to listen to your parents at some point, And then at some point you gotta, <laughs> you can't let that be more important. So, you know, there's a time for everything, but mm-hmm. unlearning that is hard, especially when, you know, I dealt with a certain amount of people pleasing mm-hmm. and wanting to, to make people happy at the expense, like I said, of myself. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. You touched on shame earlier, and um, it made me think about how so many of us struggle with shame. I don't know if it's a, a Black woman thing, because I could I only ever been a Black woman, right? But like speaking to my friends and uh, family members, a lot of us have so much shame around who we are or our past and all that what are your tips for somebody who that's like their main thing that they're trying to, that they're struggling with? So how would you, what would be a tip for somebody to move past shame of whatever? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think for me, my shame 
because I shame and guilt are a little bit different, but I kind of put them in the same boat. And I needed a lot of forgiveness from myself is what I realized is that there was things, it wasn't even about other people's perception. I felt shameful myself for some of the things that I dealt with in the past, some of the, you know, positions that I put myself in and beating myself, myself up over it essentially. So one of the main things that I did, and I got this from Lisa Nichols, she's a motivational speaker. And one thing that she told people to do was to write down everything that you, you feel about yourself, everything, everything that you regret one, everything that you feel about yourself, you know, negatively. So I can't keep a job. Let's just, you know, use that as an example. Mm -hmm. I can't do this or I can't do this. One of my things was I will never be understood. And I write all of that stuff down and then after a time, let it process, let it process, and then I would cross them out and put the positive version of that. So if if it's, I will never be understood, then the positive would be, I will be understood by those meant to understand me. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, just changing, shifting the way that you think about certain things and also doing a lot of mirror work, sitting in the mirror and talking to yourself and verbally saying, I forgive myself for X, Y, and Z. And for me, it's a waterwork show because I cry a lot. <laughs> but for some people, you know, it may not be as dramatic, but there's something so freeing about looking yourself in the eyes and being able to say, I forgive you for that. You are, I give you permission to let that go. I yeah. give you permission to give yourself, to give yourself a chance to do better and to move past it. So I think a lot of that stuff that we hold on to can be released with our own with our own permission. So I would say start there. And obviously I do promote therapy. I do promote people going to see, you know, a mental health professional. But I think starting there by just acknowledging what those things are and then verbally giving yourself permission to to release it. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, the acknowledgement piece, especially, I feel like a lot of us lie to ourselves. I realized yeah. that I wasn't being honest with myself, you know? So mm-hmm. if I'm not honest with me, like a hundred percent, can I really be honest with anybody else? So that includes my therapist or people who are closest to me, if I don't acknowledge certain things, right? Um, right. And, and one thing that I like to remind myself whenever I think back on something, I'm just like, oh, I wish I made a better decision or whatever, is that for the most part, we all are doing our very best in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know? So even if we've made a mistake, that's part of being human and Mm -hmm. we were doing our best. It may not have gone the way we wanted to go, but you did your best and and that's it, right? Um, So just, uh, I really try to remind people and myself that as well yeah one day I had like it was for me a mind-blowing thought but it's really basic when you think about it but like this is my first time being here like yes this is my to my knowledge at least (laughs) this is my first time being this age being in this position being in this minute this second so I need to give myself grace because it's not like I've done this before you know it's not like you've went through a bunch of lifetimes to your to your knowledge and you're still making the same mistakes you're still being presented with brand new things brand new feelings and what I also learned is that I'm changing so much I'm changing so much and I'm a different me from day to day Mm -hmm. so not only have I never (laughs) I've never been this age in the second but 
I'm bringing a new person into, into every stage of my life. So mm. having grace and like you said, understanding that, you know, you yeah. just, you just, you change from day to day and, you know, this is every day is a new day. Sorry. I love yeah, that. No, it's okay. Yeah. I love that because I think about how, for the most part, how we talk to children because we know that they just got here like three years ago yeah. or whatever, we have so much more grace. Like, well, they're little people, but it's the same for us. Like, like you said, this is the first time I'm this age. Like, I just got here this second. Like, you know what I mean? Like giving ourselves that grace, like mm-hmm. this is really still all new to us. Um, yeah. And I think about us um, who are millennials um, or, or Gen Zers, I feel like our life ha- is rapidly changing. Things change really quickly. Um, and this may sound dumb or I may sound dumb, but like thinking about web three and NFTs and all that stuff, I'm just like, there is so much thrown left and right. What is the metaverse? What is it? Why do I need it? Why do I want to be there? We always have to learn so much stuff just to like, to live and to like, keep up with, I don't know at this point, I don't know, but like, there's always so much information that we are always having to like digest and all these new experiences all the time. So yes, give yourself grace. So my question for you as somebody who is on YouTube, who is a YouTuber, a content creator, how do you find ways to stay grounded when a lot of your life is on the internet? Yeah, it's hard. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and act like, you know, it's, that's behind me. And I'm just speaking from, you know, experience, and I've already, you know, got out of that, because I haven't, you know, it's a day to day thing, like, social media is something that our generation is the first to, you know, really have to, to deal with and navigate, and having your finances or, being financially invested as it being your work, your career in social media is just a whole nother level of comparison and a whole nother level of overdrive, you know, sometimes because wanting to keep up with whatever is new, wanting to stay on top of all the trends. And thank goodness, I'm a kind of person who doesn't really, I don't really care as much with keeping up with things. But I do get the feeling of being left behind. You know, I know I don't yeah. want to keep up with every little thing that they're doing, but when I choose not to, like, that's not me. Then I'm like, dang, but they are getting a lot of, you know, engagement from that. Like, yeah. should I? But then yep. it's just, it's it's really, really difficult. But I value my life outside of social media a lot. And I try and stay grateful. I think gratitude is such a huge piece because, when you can stay grateful for the things that are in front of your eyes, I feel like prioritizing that makes a lot of the other stuff kind of melt away a little bit. So I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my in real life friends. Um, I'm grateful for, you know, my boyfriend, the life that I've built for myself and my day-to-day tasks. And I think by growing closer to myself, I, I just enjoy being with myself in in real life. I don't know. And building that life outside of social media and not just for social media. So it's even more difficult now that I've stepped into the self-care space of social media. So then now all of your self-care is supposed to be used as content. And my self-care isn't an aesthetic. It's not. My self-care is personal and it's deep and it's real. And I reserve a lot of myself 
for my real life and and I don't make everything a commodity for social media so I'm trying to keep that boundary in place and also disconnecting often trying to take social media breaks I think yeah. is important for everybody and just kind of telling your brain to not go there because you know you just pick up your phone and just like okay yep. scroll 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 switch yep. scroll, scroll scroll so trying to break those habits and putting other things in place of it so trying to just enjoy my real life and making sure I keep those boundaries in place of not making everything about about social media that I do. Yeah. And I'm so happy you said that. You put into words what I was feeling. Um, TikTok is big. Um, and, I was, and I was told I need to start a TikTok. And I'm like, well, what do I talk about? What do I care about? I'm like, well, self-care, but I it just didn't feel natural for mm-hmm. me to like, you know, make my self-care practices um, content. It just yeah. didn't feel right for me. Um, and it's like, for what? So it may work for other people, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making, figure out, figuring out what makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. And then having, even if you do share, you know, share on social media, making sure that there are things that are just reserved for you because mm-hmm. you, it's really a dangerous game when you start getting into numbers and you start getting into yes. just, comparison of not even just other people but okay maybe I posted this post before but then I posted a new post and it's not doing as well you really really need just a strong self-care practice I think to stay grounded on a day-to-day you know it's not a one thing a one-time thing it's having a routine in place having something in place where you are consistently connected to yourself and can, can consistently draw that energy back, speak positivity over yourself when those thoughts do start to come up. Challenge those thoughts. I always tell people to challenge the negative thoughts that you have. If you have, oh, I don't, dang, my picture didn't look as good as her. I'm like, no, I'm I'm beautiful in my own right. Like I my my pictures, my my whatever I'm putting out there in the world is is good enough and I'm good enough. Yeah. So being able to speak to yourself positively. And that's not something that happens overnight. That takes investment into yeah. your self-love journey in order to get there to where you can navigate these difficult things. That's why I'm so worried about young people that are on social media. People that like yeah. young people that are going crazy on TikTok and yep. what that's gonna look like for them in the future. Or yeah. the ones that aren't going crazy, but their friends, you know, are gr- going crazy on TikTok and they're not. Yep. I can't even imagine not having tools and having to navigate that. But yeah. having the tools, I think, you know, at my age, having the tools, just putting them into practice and making sure that I, I you know, prioritize that. Yeah. This is scientific. It's scientific. What, what social media does to your brain mm-hmm. and, and does to just the chemicals in your brain, it gives, it's a reward system. Yes. So I post... I see a like that pops up on my phone that does something to your brain. You can yep, you get addicted dopamine. to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I have my notifications off. I don't have any sort of notifications come into my phone from, cause I will find myself waiting for the next one. Yes. And I don't want to live. <laughs> I don't like want to live like that. Yep. I get it. I, I, I get it. I had to run notifications off too. And I took a, a break from, um, Instagram comes just like this is a lot <laughs> so yeah I, I totally agree so before we wrap up I'd like to ask two questions the first question is if there is a book about anything at all um what would you recommend to the listeners the book 
that I read, what is it called? Oh, it's called The Body Keeps Score. Okay, there Okay, gotcha. The Body yes. Keeps Score is about um, research on previous trauma. war. Yeah, mm-hmm. previous, yeah, trauma and how it, how it affects you. Mm-hmm. And even though I, a lot of the people that they spoke about were veterans, that's not my experience at all but I felt like it was interesting to learn on a human level what trauma does to your body and how it can live there without you knowing and I felt like you know it was really illuminating for me especially because I like those kind of things I feel like I might go to school for psychology and stuff like that but for anybody who who doesn't really make that connection with it's like oh it happened but no it could still be living in you so I really like that one Yep. That was a good one too. My therapist had me read that book and I was just like, oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was like, this is, yeah, it's, it's heavy because it's so much to like digest, but Mm -hmm. it it is really good. Like you said, thank you. Um, so I will have everything down below in the show notes, um, her website, Instagram, um, where you can purchase your, um, workbook as well. Um, the book that you recommended, everything. So you will know where to um, find Candace and her products. So thank you. Thank you. The end of the conversation had a few tech issues, but thanks again to Candace for joining me and for, for chatting with me, telling me about her brand, what inspired her, guilt, shame, and all things that we discussed here. Um, and thank you again for tuning in. Again, I have all of her information down below in the show notes, including her YouTube channel, where to purchase your workbook, and just all around where to keep up with Candace. Thanks again for joining the Be Well Sis podcast. If you found anything in the least bit inspiring or entertaining, please leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast player. Until then, be well, sis. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.